1: Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Monday, March the 29th. A good afternoon show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we are rocking the live show. Obviously, uh, we have started doing the solo shows. That started last week, continued last night. Um, We like the live ones better. But in order to get out more content and whatnot and to fit with ever-changing schedules, uh, we have started doing solo shows along with the live show. So, if you would like to join in on the live show, you can be a part of the conversation. You can jump into the chat from any of the different platforms that we go live on. That would be YouTube, Periscope, uh, Twitch, and Facebook. Any of those, you can jump into the chat. And from those platforms, it will populate right there on your screen in the bottom left-hand corner. So, go ahead and dive in if you want to be a part of the conversation. We have a lot to talk about today today. We're not going to mince anything. We're just going to dive right into it. Michael jumps in already. Said, "What's up? What is up?" Indeed. Uh, first things first. Winningcureseverything.com is the website we are rocking and rolling over there. The site looks better, I feel, than it has in a long time. Uh, took me a while to get that thing rocking and rolling, but it's it's nice. It's easy. Easy for us to update. There will be plenty of updates going forward as well. So go ahead and check that out. Anything that you need to know about us, you can find over there. Where to follow, where to subscribe, all the different shows that we do, etc. Including all of our stuff that we do for sportsbookreview.com. SBRpicks.com slash NCAAF is your one-stop shop for all your college football gambling content. There are FCS games going on. You can find a bunch of stuff over there. Birdie jumps in on Periscope. Good day, men. Hope you are well. We hope all of you are well as well. So, uh, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. You can also find their YouTube page over on YouTube, SBR Picks. Just search it out. Very easy to do. We do a college football show every week for them. And as we get closer to the season and the NFL draft, we will begin to do more content as well. So, hopefully, you guys are ready to rock and roll. We are only, I want to say, 21 weeks, 20 weeks away from the FBS college football season. And I am... Slightly pumped about it. I think it was about five months. Uh, Bertie said, Gary, are you doing voiceovers for Odds commercials? I swear it was your voice on my TV I heard. Uh, I have done some, I think, for Odds Trader and a few others. So, yeah. um, Yeah, I've done a few. I've done a few. So, (laughs) nothing major. And I did those months and months and months ago. I'm I'm surprised that they are out there uh, now. But either way, Chris, uh, before we get started, how's your day? Is everything going well?
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's Monday. It's all right. It's it, it is
2: definitely a Monday. It's gorgeous outside, but man, I have been yeah. all over creation today, uh, and I know that you drive
1: a lot, but
2: man, I was about to say, uh,
1: I I, w- I would like the definition of all over creation.
2: I I have been to Memphis three different times and over to South Haven and back, and this all has to do with work. So it's been it's been a day, and I am I <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm not happy. Uh, Dude, daytime Emmy heading your way. Talk. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Uh, I would love to get on TV. I'd love for Chris and myself to be on TV entertaining all of your wonderful ear holes. But uh, as of right now, we're just doing the internet thing, and we're enjoying it. So, Chris, we did not get a chance to talk about the 49ers trade with the Dolphins last week. I think that we probably need to discuss that first. Uh, they trade with the Dolphins. Uh, let, me, let me go through all of the details. The Dolphins send the number three pick to the 49ers in exchange for the number 12 pick, a third-round pick in 2022, a first-round pick in 2022, and a first-round pick in 2023. So three first-round picks to move back from number three to number 12. And then the Dolphins turn around and ship the number 12 along with one of those 2022 first-round picks and their 123 pick this year to the Eagles to move up to six. Uh, They also acquire Philly's number 156 overall pick this year in the deal. So, basically, the Dolphins move from 3 to 12 to 6. The Eagles move from 6 to 12. And the 49ers move from, uh, what, 6 to 3? Is that right?
1: No, No, from 12 12 to 3.
2: That's right, 12 to 3. I think I got that right. Okay. Um, So, Michael Fritz jumps in immediately. Which quarterback is Kyle going after? And I would not have believed it. But I think Until it really today. might. It, it might be Mac Jones.
1: So, like, they're not. So, apparently, Alabama and Ohio State's pro days are the same time. Yes. That's that's a little strange. And uh, all of the uh, 49ers brass is at Alabama's pro day. Yes. So, here's my question. Why move to three?
2: I think that they started going down the list and found whoever would trade with them to get there. But oh, I also think— Obviously,
1: the uh, Eagles would have traded with them, and they could have only given up one first-round pick instead of two.
2: I think that they believe that Mac Jones was going to go higher than everybody thought.
1: That, so this is, this, is a, this is a Ryan Pace situation. This is a Chicago Bears situation where everybody in the ethos that watches college football— And everybody that follows these teams all completely agree this is an overpay if it's Matt Jones, but the one organization paying for Matt Jones. possibly. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Okay, okay. Because this is exactly what the Bears did. Well, well, we heard rumors that other teams were going to move up to get Trubisky. And so if we didn't move up, we might not get him. And all those rumors were wrong, and it was laughably bad. Now, this is a front office I love as opposed to Ryan Pace. And, and uh, I like the Bears, but I don't respect that man and his ability to, to build a football team at all. I do respect Kyles. I do respect Lynch's. They have proven to be really good at what they do. If Matt Jones is your guy, it's still an overpay. Like yeah. like he could be the best quarterback in this draft in four years, but it's still a it's still an over you still overpaid. Yeah,
2: you still you still gave away three first round picks.
1: My to, Honda to Accord might outlast my mom's Lexus. Okay, it might be a better car overall. At the end of the day, she you know, or, or wait a minute. Yeah, your yeah. your mom's yeah. Lexus might yeah. be yeah. You know. it, I, I would I would never I would never pay fifty thousand dollars for the Accord. I just I just that would be grossly overpaying, even though in five years from now we can look back and say, oh yeah, my car had no problems and hers had a bunch of problems. I I, I won that deal, right? No, you still paid more 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 money than something was worth. Yeah,
2: I, I agree. Uh, Michael asks. Uh, are you both buying the Niners saying they're not getting rid of Jimmy G?
1: Uh, yes, I still buy that. because that wouldn't it, surprise, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. It I, wouldn't I'm, shock me that they wouldn't give deal Jimmy G because not everybody wants to just start. I think they're, listen, we all have to be real careful about criticizing Jimmy, okay? First things first, he's one overthrown wide receiver away from winning the Super Bowl. Agreed. Not not playing the Super Bowl, from winning the Super Bowl. All
2: right, he's also been injured a bunch, but when he's played, he's been
1: okay. Like it, yeah, he's been fine. His game has definitely uh, changed due to injury. Yes, but the so so I don't know that his value is very good, and probably having him to be the the opening day starter is 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 worth more than getting the fourth round pick for him. Uh, you know,
2: I agree. Very much so. Because I don't think that you're going to bring in, even if you draft this guy at third, it's not a Joe Burrow situation where there's nobody else on the roster, right? You've got Jimmy G. He's your starter going in. Yeah. And eventually, this is uh, this is what happened with the Dolphins, right? Like, you know that Tua is going to be the guy. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, now he surprised a bunch of people last year. Well, the guy, but
1: what this looks like is not the Dolphins situation. What this, what this looks like, is the Daniel Jones situation. A, because you have a team that's about to grossly overpay for somebody. True. Okay. And and B, you have an aging quarterback. Now Jimmy G's not Eli at the end of his career and can't play anymore, but with the injury aspect of his game, I mean, yeah, it's 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 not a whole lot different that in the middle of the season we're assuming Mac Jones or whoever they end up taking a, we are we're, we're almost certain it's not going to be Justin Fields because they would have gone to his, his pro day. Okay, yeah. So if they if they go to Trey Lance's pro day, I, I think a lot of people might calm down a little. Okay, yeah. But I, I agree. I just don't understand. A to say that nobody else would have traded with you is just not. That's just not true.
2: No, no, no. I, I wasn't saying that nobody would have traded. I, I was saying that they think that he may be gone by. Atlanta's pick at but four. They, they they just like,
1: think wrong. Then they just they just think wrong. There's there's not another team in the country that would have paid the price that they're about to pay if the if answer is Mac Jones.
2: Okay, okay. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but who knows, right? Uh, Michael you know said another team
1: that's clamoring that would have moved up to three that would have given up two first round picks for him.
2: Oh, I don't know about that. Okay. I I'd still I right. still think the that answer. they they may have overpaid. Uh, but that that's doesn't what mean I'm that saying.
1: that's what I just said. It, and then you said, "I don't know about that."
2: Uh, no, I was, I, I was saying that I don't know that there's another team that would not have drafted have him in the top five. The, the
1: price to jump up that high to take him, nobody in the country would have moved to three to pay to, to, to pay that price to take Mac Jones. They just wouldn't have done it.
2: Yeah, I, okay, I can I can get with that. I can get with that. Three first round, one
1: first round pick. Like, you move to six. Two well, and if you so not really, all the Eagles shame on you.
2: Really, what they did—they gave up two first-round picks,
1: right? Because they yes. they, they moved so from they could twelve. Have given, to given up, at, so they could have given up one first-round pick.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, that's I think. that's a lot. That's that's you could have got it half off. But would he have been there at six?
1: And that's yes, the question. Would have been there at six? Jesus Christ! Nobody's moving up into a top five draft pick to take Mac Jones. It's just not happening. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. That's the part that I don't agree with. Well, I hope they do because then the Bengals will get a King's ransom for their draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz they'll probably get two maybe three first round picks if everybody else is jumping really hard to try to get Lance or Fields. I I think that was the big thing is I think the
2: 49ers thought that the Falcons were going to take their guy at 4. Which I don't is why think they needed the Falcons to get to three.
1: are taking a rookie. Because the Falcons just restructured Matt Ryan's deal for another four years, and it's not an easy deal to get out of in four years, which means you don't want to take a rookie and sit them on the bench for four years.
2: I don't disagree with that.
1: but so if the we Falcons have seen aren't do looking quarterback. I mean,
2: we just saw the Eagles get off of a, a contract that...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to tell you this. Howie Roseman just won a Super Bowl, or else that's a fireable offense to every other general manager in the league. That is a hundred. The new GM of the 49, of, of of the uh, Falcons ain't doing that. At valid point, valid they point. W- they would they would have been if, if they would have signed Matt Ryan to that deal. And draft a quarterback, and then have to dump a quarterback that's going to hit the salary cap, which basically wastes all of your free money for having a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. That's a fireable offense to every GM in the league.
2: So, well, what about the the Packers? I mean, granted, we're talking about a number 26 pick versus a no, top that's, four. No, yeah, we're, we're having a completely
1: but, different conversation. They didn't take Aaron Rodgers because they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be nearly as good as he is. They took Aaron Rodgers because, holy shit, look at the value. This was a top three. This could have been the number one overall pick, and we get him at 26. We're just going to take him and stash him and see what happens.
2: Valid point. Uh Damien said, what's up on YouTube? Matt Miller, I think they keep him here and get rid of him next year. Talking about uh, Jimmy G. He said, yeah, but... uh Let's see, Jared Goff with cooks. I don't. I don't know exactly what he meant there. Uh, Michael said, "Chris, would you be against the Pats trading for Jimmy G?"
1: No, not at all.
2: I don't think so. I think he fits.
1: West- I think Jimmy G is a one overthrow away from winning a Super Bowl, and we all change our opinion about Jimmy G. Yes, yes. We also all change our opinion about Patrick Mahomes.
2: Uh, Damian said, "Jimmy G is Cam Newton. All he is. Uh, all he is about." is Playboy Girls and getting injured on the field. Man,
1: that guy has a hard-on for Cam Newton like I have never seen. (laughs) I don't know that we've ever had a show where he didn't bring Cam up. What are you talking about Cam. Cam,
2: If if Cam Newton is good this year, there's going to be a lot of of people that are very irritated. I will say that, and I'm going to love it. Uh, Matt Miller, if you fall in love with a prospect, then jump up there and trade for him. They must have fallen in love and believed in him. Uh, Justin says... Uh, Justin Miller on Facebook, I really hope the Pats don't get Jimmy. Ride the cam train one more year. I'm really pissed that we didn't tank to get Lawrence. Why would you want to tank? Where's the fun in that? Nobody,
1: nobody tanks in the NFL. You just and, don't And
2: tank. Lawrence is not a
1: guaranteed
2: thing, nope. man. Like, none of these guys are. So, nope. uh, tanking is is just, uh, it's so ridiculous. Matt Miller, uh, Jared Goff was one untimely throwaway uh, of Cooks from winning a Super Bowl.
1: Didn't they mm. lose that Super Bowl by 10? Yeah, they lost about more than a field goal. by yeah. more than a touchdown, yeah.
2: So, you know. Sorry. Yeah. Either way. Either way, uh, keeping in the NFL, let's move on to this one. The Deshaun Watson stuff is, is getting nuts.
0: Save big on brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get sixteen ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for four ninety-nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Just absolutely nuts. Um, He is, in his latest lawsuits, there were three more that were filed uh, on Sunday night. One that claims that the Houston Texans quarterback is deleting Instagram messages in contacting the women who formerly provided him massages in an attempt to settle those cases. Uh, all three lawsuits accuse Watson of sexually assaulting women during massage sessions by purposely touching them with his penis and state that his behavior is part of a disturbing pattern. Uh, it does not say how many we are at at this point. It's it's in the 20s of accusations. It's nearly 20 lawsuits that have already been brought I and, and according to Tony Busby, the Houston attorney that's actually filing these lawsuits, plaintiffs have not brought these cases for money or attention. Instead, plaintiffs seek a change in behavior with regard to Watson and a change of culture in the NFL. Now, Rusty Harden, who is Watson's attorney, said on Monday in a statement that Watson has not deleted any Instagram messages over the last two weeks. And he categorically denied that his client contacted any of the women directly. Now, I don't know what to believe here. Oh, here's the number, by the way. We're at 19 lawsuits that have been filed already. I'm, uh, I don't know what to make of this. Like, this all just seems really, really bad. To to come out and say specifically, he has not deleted any messages in the last two weeks. Like, it kind of lets me know, hey... You know, you've been doing this before. And he, he did say this. Like a lot of people, Deshaun regularly deletes past Instagram messages. That said, he has not deleted any messages since March 15th, the day before the first lawsuit was filed. We categorically deny that he has reached out directly to his accusers in an attempt to settle these cases. Well, that doesn't mean that he didn't try and do that before the lawsuits were brought. Like, he mentioned specifically when the first lawsuit was brought up, and we talked about it, that he rejected a ridiculous six-figure lawsuit or six-figure settlement. And he was looking forward to clearing himself, right? Clearing his good name. But all that did was open up this whole can of worms with 19 lawsuits and 20-something accusations and whatever. I, Chris, I, I would love to know your thought here. I don't know that there is any way that Watson plays a full season next year. And I don't know that there's any way that he gets out of this by clearing his name,
1: so the only way that he can help himself in football is to, in these cases, as quickly as possible to settle. At some of point them. in time, Roger Goodell is going to say, "We would like you to cooperate with us on our investigation on what's going on." Now, that's not a criminal investigation, right? But anything that he turns over to the NFL could find its way into court. Based on subpoena power. And now this does turn not just civil, but criminal. Okay. So, so therein lies the problem of he needs to settle all of these things before ever. And that's pending. He wants to, he wants to cooperate with the NFL. Now I... I am very much of the opinion that I wouldn't cooperate with the NFL or the NCAA or any of these organizations that, that what happened in my personal business is none of your business. If you would like to find me, suspend me, hold me out for what you hear in the newspapers, you have the right to do that because you run those organizations, but I'm, but I'm not going to give you any information to help you make any of your decisions. That's something that you have to do on your own, your organization. You don't work we're we're not partners the way you think we're partners. Yeah. So I wouldn't help him at all. But if you're going to cooperate, which means your best chance at not missing games, then you're you're a hundred percent going to want to settle all these cases before you ever cooperate.
2: I, I found it odd the whole idea of making all of them sign uh, non-disclosure agreements uh, that. Obviously, a little troubling to begin with, but hang on, whoa, 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 why? For Deshaun Watson, yeah, like going into these sessions where he's gotten uh, Instagram models and whatnot. Like, I would assume that all of these models would have known, or not models, masseuses, whatever. I, I feel like they all would have known what the what the score was going in. Like, I'm not. This uh, is not victim blaming. I don't
1: know that. I don't know that he was open about his intentions. I, um, I feel like you these things, but getting an NDR signed, if I'm a famous person, man, I'm not coming to eat your restaurant. If you're not like, if you're this level famous, basically every facility in, in like a, a five mile radius of where I hang out are all going to have MD NDRs or they're not getting my business. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, I can, get, I, I, get, I, get, I, get, I, I can now, see now, that, that doesn't bother it. me or concern me at all. It it just it would make me wary before I ever started anything if I'm having to sign an NDA going into a NDA a,
1: not a NDR yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem the problem with with being wary though is that means you're just never you're gonna turn think about who these women are all right and think about the business that they're in eighty percent of the people they're massaging are are, are not Sean Watson okay that's true so when you get a, when you get a client like that he, realistically. He, he might tip you what you made last month. Okay. True. And so if he says, for security purposes and whatever, yada, yada, I want you to sign this NDA before, you know, dealing with me, I, I would sign it in a second because, because this is people that make 40, 50,000 a year. And this is just, he might tip her, you know, 10% of his, you know, their, their annual salary.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Jumping into the comments here, by the way. uh, Let's see. Nomad jumps in. I'm very happy when I get home from work, and you guys are live, watching you from Cyprus. Uh, Great work, guys. Thank you. We appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, Justin Miller talking about tanking. He said tanking is ridiculous. However, the 2020 pandemic year, when half the defense opts out, and there's a prospect like Lawrence and Brady's gone, it's the one scenario,
1: in my opinion, that's acceptable. No. Yeah, maybe. I mean, eh. That's that's, uh, that's fine. That's fine. All those things sound fine. You have to convince the one person that's won six Super Bowls that that's the right way to do it.
2: Uh, Damien says, I guess drafting Trubisky over Watson wasn't bad after all. One out of two ain't bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll
1: I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Listen, I wouldn't <laughs> even kill them for drafting Trubisky if that's the guy they wanted. The problem is, is they gave up extra first-round picks to move up one spot. Yeah. Yeah. One spot. They gave up extra first-round picks to move up a spot because they heard rumblings that somebody else was going to sell that pick, and they were going to move up and take Mitchell Trubisky.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Birdie. Oh, what idiots. Birdie jumps in on Periscope. He wants out of Houston. Suddenly, 19 lawsuits appear. Are there 19 cases if he did not request a trade? Um, yes. And then he said, do you not think the timing of all this is just too convenient? I don't believe... No. That this has anything to do because there's there's nobody that this
1: helps, like this I does not. not I, I would like the people who believe that to give me an example of how this helps keep him in Houston. It doesn't, and on top of that, it,
2: it, even if you were just being petty, it doesn't help anybody at all.
1: Houston loses trade value here. Yep. Like if they it, lose. They lose, yeah. They lose a, a, him as an asset. Value is greatly diminished today. Now that this happened, yeah. This so that doesn't help anybody. This is
2: not a conspiracy. This is not on anybody except for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Period.
1: Now, now here's the question: Is that statement based on well, maybe they're not helping him, but they were helping cover this stuff up, and then. They said, Well, you want out of here, so we're just not gonna cover up all your shenanigans and therefore, you know, everybody's gonna know who you are. If if that's the case, I'm I'm am okay, i I'm okay with that. I don't like that they were covering up crimes to begin with, but you know, it's but it also hurts that them uncovered now. It hurts them in the process too, though. Oh no, it absolutely hurts them. So it if you're absolutely if, hurts if them. you only
2: want to do it just to be petty, just to be mm-hmm. vengeful. And that's one thing, but it still no, doesn't make it Matt, logical Matt, sense. Matt Miller
1: asked, doesn't it get Watson's money off the books? Nope. 100% not because that, just like the Carson Wentz deal, when you sign a new deal like that and you trade that player away, there is massive dead money that hits those teams, which means they lose that money, they lose that money against the cap, and 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 that's it. It doesn't matter. It costs you a lot of money for that guy to go play for somebody else.
2: Yes. It is it is really strange. Uh, Justin Miller said NDAs are not needed at all if you
1: aren't planning to do anything suspect. Um, and when he goes on the commissioner yeah. exempt list, which is exactly what he's going to go on, okay? You still have to pay him. You, you've you got to pay him. So all the games he misses, you're the owner. You don't get to start him, and you have to pay him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bertie says, uh, you know, um, exact Chris, so so it seems like he, he was thinking that maybe this is something that Houston was covering up all this time, and now that that if that's the argument, here's the problem. I don't have a problem with that because you shouldn't have been covering up to begin with, and while I don't like motives, I don't like those things, I stand by one basic rule of life, which is it's never the wrong time to do the right thing, and the right thing is to stop covering up crimes for people.
2: That's I think that's the easiest
1: solution. I think it so, really is. While they might have, you know, have been they shouldn't have been doing it to begin with. What what are you supposed to do? I have all this dirt on you. You are the wrongdoer. You're the person that's a problem. You work for me and you're great value to me. And I'm constantly cleaning up all this mess for you because you're worth the problem. And now all of a sudden you want out and you disrespect me and you want nothing to do with me. I'm supposed to still keep cleaning up your messes? No. No. I'm, I'm no, uh uh-uh. We're, we're undoing this immediately, instantly.
2: I can, I can get down with that. I, I see where you're coming from with it. Um, Damien question: do y'all think Watson wanted to get traded because of the problems with the Texans or does he want the trade to get away from these lawsuits before it became public?
1: Uh, I, I don't know that he knew about these lawsuits. Yeah. So I don't think I was that had an impression to do with that it. maybe the, there was like negotiations going on for months and months and months before the lawsuits ever became public. I don't think that happened, man. I, I think this kind of happened fast, real fast.
2: I think that the, it, so there was a, a rift between the owner and Watson and his agent yep. and whatever else. And Watson wanted a big say in who the next head coach was going to be. And from what I understand, from everything that I've read before, all this stuff, the rift was because he wanted them to talk to him about who should get the job. Like, and I don't know how much is truth and how much isn't, but there are some players out there that feel like they should be not part owners, but maybe part GMs. Like, they want to have a say in who gets to come and play with them if you're the leader of the team. I don't know that I personally buy into uh, that idea of running a franchise that way, but, I, you know, to each their own. Like, if he wanted to go somewhere where he was going to have a say in which offensive linemen were brought in or which skill players were brought in or whatever, but it, he just signed a contract with them just a few months before he asked for a trade. Like, yep. he would have been a free agent. He could have gone wherever he wanted to. He, he signed a contract. He would have been a free
1: agent. They, they would have franchise tagged him one year. And then they wouldn't. They might have done it too. They might have paid the price twice, but that would have been it.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. So drives me nuts when everybody kind of when when they were considering him a victim. It drove
1: me insane. You're I, not a hey, dude. I was. I was on that mountain immediately. Oh no. Why is it, this? Was before the girls? This is before all of it. Go back and listen to the tape. Why is this guy a victim of anything? He signed that terrible deal with this terrible team. Now he makes a lot of money out of it, but he, that was back when Billy O was the coach, Billy O was the GM. It was after Billy O had traded away his best receiver for nothing. Like they knew, he knew exactly what they were getting. He knew that they had traded away all those first round picks to get Larry Dunstall. He knew the offensive line was still really bad. They had no hopes of getting better. He knew all of it when he signed the deal. He was not a victim of this team is rebuilding and tanking around me, and I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. He knew exactly where he stood.
2: Yep, you got it. Uh, Matt Miller said, how about you are not a creep and just pay girls, or for God's sakes, look at what your girlfriend looks like and just be happy. Uh, Birdie said, nope, requested a trade, confirmed he was done. 19 lawsuits a month later, he could be innocent. I
1: doubt that. I think there's there's zero chance he's, in my opinion, this is 100% my opinion, I think there's zero chance he's innocent. I think there's zero chance that 19 women made this fabrication up. I think there's zero chance. Now, is there a chance that one of these 19 are lying? I I would say there's almost 100% chance that one of the 19 are lying. The fact that all 19 are lying, I just can't believe that.
2: Yeah, I, I don't buy that either. Uh, Justin Miller, I think lawsuits were pending. Watson and Texans were fighting. Big uh, big name, now possibly on the market. Every other NFL team has investigators. Pretty sure that is what helped get this out and made the media explode.
1: Ooh, no, I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that this, either. This could have been a thing where the Texans might have been covered it up, but another team's investigators found it and, and it uncovered dove into. it. Now, that, that absolutely could happen. That absolutely could happen. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Because especially if you find this, you want it to be public, because let let's say it's a deal breaker for you. Okay, let's let's say you're the owner of the Broncos and you just say we're not we're not gonna have a guy with this stuff in his background. But I don't want him going to the Raiders either, so I need to make it public. So because if I just say we found something that we don't like and we're walking away and we're doing something else. You you gotta find a way to make it public or else he's just gonna go to your backyard.
2: That's true. That is that's a valid point. Justin jumps in, he said, I'm so smart.
1: <laughs> that that's a hell of a thought. I didn't think of that. Because there's a world in which, yeah, there's a world in which because you don't if you don't think all thirty-two of these teams have the best private investigators money can buy, you're just crazy. Yeah, you're insane. I, I wouldn't want to hide anything for them. The, word to anybody in this draft class, these guys are digging through your life. They know all the horrible shit you've ever done. I don't think they're necessarily ever going to tell anybody. I think they're the most trustworthy people on the planet. The secrets that they oh, know. Oh yeah, but but you can assure you, I can assure you, every owner knows all the secrets.
2: You are probably right about that. Uh, Michael said probably comes out that he has a sex addiction and is going to rehab. I mean, yeah, there's a this way. This is to not a sex it. thing.
1: The, I, I, okay, I'm going to tell you this. This is not a sex thing. Go getting professional masseuse. There's plenty of masseuses out there where you can go and get a happy ending. All right, that, there's there's a, there's a lot of them around, and you don't have to Google too hard to find them. Okay. Yeah. That that every big city, especially a place like Houston, I probably got. Four hundred of them.
2: All right. Yeah, there's been several stories that have come so, out about that. Hugh this is not about him wanting
1: to get a massage and jerked off. This is a power thing. I want to go somebody who specifically doesn't do this, and then I want to try to make them do it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Matt a, Miller said that's it, a
1: different thing completely. He
2: said it seems like he likes to make people uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's, this,
2: that's is not, this, is this is not is. a sex thing at all. It's a. Uh, it is a crying shame which is, is why it's champion. not
1: something his girlfriend or some hooker can can uh, you know give it
2: can appease it's a, it's
1: a control thing
2: now you are you are correct about that all right staying in the NFL we'll move on to a different subject the ravens signed
1: sammy watkins did this surprise you at all i mean it surprises me that that's the best receiver that they got come there i mean they they, I they had don't think a, this is a big signing at all
2: ty hilton uh turned them down it, they offered more money, but I think... So, I listened to Pat McAfee a little bit, and he explained it this way. Uh, the reason that the Ravens could not sign a bunch of these guys was because you've got a season coming up where the salary cap is low. You're going to probably have to sign for a little lower than, than you want to, and you're not going to get a lot of touches with the Ravens. That, the way that... Uh, that Who is it? Gus uh, Gus Bradley? Is that the... All right. All right. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Greg Roman? Is that at The offense coordinator? You're talking about the OC? OC. Yeah, it's Greg Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs the football. He doesn't get his wide receivers a lot of touches. They they typically prefer their wide receivers to do a lot of blocking because Lamar is going to touch the ball a lot. Those running backs are going to touch the ball a lot. And the tight ends are going to touch the ball a lot. The, the wide receivers have not been happy there, really. So, maybe... That has something to do with the fact of of why they had to roll with somebody like Sammy Watkins, who is uh, a little bit beat up, a little bit uh, not a a huge signing for them, but it is kind of a big name that comes from the Chiefs that uh, understands how the Chiefs operate and whatnot. Uh, I don't think it changes the offense at all. I I think it's another sure hands, maybe. But is, yeah, is that it? A, he's
1: a better catcher than they brought in on in the past, but they're still he I don't think he's a game changer. I just I don't, don't. I don't think now, so either. I do think he'll look good in this offense because there's going to be very little attention paid to him because they have a big tight end. They have a really fast receiver that struggles to catch the ball. Um yep. and so so I I think he's got a chance to put up numbers and to be good in this offense. Um uh, I think it's a little crazy that these other receivers only see volume, 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 volume. Um, and they think, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get a ton of volume. When in this offense, there there's a world where they get half the catches, but the same amount of yards and the same amount of touchdowns. That makes them look just so much better than they already are. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and so I think, I think these guys are – are stuck in the mud in their thought process to turn this down. Now I don't I don't want the Ravens to be good, but I don't I don't see why teams are turning this down. I would love to play with a guy like Lamar. I would just unless you don't think you have good ball tracking ability, you know.
2: Yeah, that's Stefan Diggs. I think would have been great with him. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you saw what he did with Josh Allen. So, that's right. that's uh, right. Matt Miller said I find it interesting Dabo hasn't come out and defended Deshaun Watson. Going back to that, uh,
1: Dabo came out and condemned him. Uh, I didn't see that. Did he really? Hey, it, he okay, by me, very disappointed in in Deshaun Was was I think the That
2: first. is very interesting.
1: Very so, interesting.
2: Uh um, It's not standing up for your boy. No it is not. It is certainly not. McKinnon said uh, the money he's getting somewhat surprises me, but I guess you'll pay for what you need. Talking about Sammy Watkins. Uh yes, I I agree with that. You know, 5 million dollars guaranteed, a 6 million dollar deal uh for 1 year. You know, this is going to be a contract year for a lot of players. Oh
1: no, I disagree with that. With them, with, with McKinnon thinking that's too much money. It's five million dollars, man. Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's wide, nothing receiver, for a wide right receiver right now was...
1: outside of quarterback. Uh, Pro Football Focus did a uh, did like an analysis over all the most valuable positions in the league. Wide receiver is now number two. Yeah, like it's way you, up. There. You would better. There was a day and a time where you needed a left tackle. There was a day in a time where you needed a pass rusher. Like having a great wide receiver or or a valuable wide receiver is more important than anything on the team, not named quarterback right now.
2: Yeah, and if you're a quarterback, you need a wide receiver. Yeah, you like need a wide receiver. So
1: I I I actually have have have, have, have come around on that. I. I think Sammy Watkins is fine. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's terrible. He's he's just that. He's okay. I don't know any other way to say it. I think he does I,
2: open things up for Hollywood Brown.
1: I do. I think that any of those other, like, I think Juju's argument and T.Y.'s argument for not wanting to go there is flawed. I really do. I think those guys would put up hellacious, gross numbers. Yeah. I, I, I just do.
2: Um, birdie said the Ravens should trade Jackson. Paying him will be a huge mistake. You have to be able to pass. Uh, he well, said, they're, they're going to be able to trade it. They're going to have to pay trade him and
1: they're not going to do that.
2: They're going to pay him. They are going to have to pay Jackson. But, way hey, no, too this much is money. one of
1: those situations where I've been screaming forever. Quarterbacks are about to start getting 40 million a year, right? Yeah. Like that's a new going rate. That's a new number that Dak just got. Like, is it wrong to pay him $29 million? Is it wrong to offer him a $32 million contract? Is it like, can we ever have a middle class or does the next guy always just have to have $1 more than the last guy?
2: I think I think everybody has an ego. Or not everybody. I think there's a lot of people that have an ego and they want their contract to stay. But the fun part about this now... In Major
1: League Baseball, that makes sense because there is no cap. Okay, yeah. but in football, when I say I have to make all this money, that's fine. Then you better be able to do all this shit by yourself. Yeah, but you because think that, we got a think fifty-six these, man roster, we got to load up here.
2: You think that these quarterbacks are not just total divas with the amount of attention that they get?
1: I mean, if, I don't think that all of them are. I, no. I, I think, and, and I don't but, listen. I don't know if 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 Lamar is or not. By the way, I think the ones that I don't think they are all divas. I think
2: the ones that get the giant contracts are. I don't know that Lamar will will require that much money i think he might be able to understand that hey if if i take 20 or i take 25 then we can build a damn good team around me and we can keep winning and i'll have a shot
1: at a super bowl if i yes. take 45 and, and he don't, and didn't he have to be that low i mean if if the going rate for a star quarterback is 40 and he takes 32 that's that's a hell of a pay cut man yeah no, it definitely I, is. Like over a four-year deal, he just saved them thirty-two million. Like he saved them a year's worth of contract. He basically got a year free. Buy three, get one free. That, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why that's not a fair deal.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, McKinnon said, "Yeah, my point is, uh, I don't think he's that good. I think in a down year like this, it's surprising he got that much. To me, I would have been really happy at like three million. Um, I need to.
1: So I need to see a." I've been super critical of Sammy Watson his entire career. A I thought he was grossly overdrafted. Grossly, grossly overdrafted. Yeah. Um, and and I think we've proven that. I think we look at that draft class of of receivers and he's not close to the best. Um, not not close and never has been. Uh, Everybody made excuses for him. First, they talked about the team that he was on. Then they always talked about the receivers. And then he goes to a place like Kansas City. But now it's also the team he's on. Like, there's nine options for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to go to at all point in times. And you're one of the nine. And if you're not uh, uh, the best running back, if you're not the best receiver, Hill, if you're not Kelsey, like, then – then you've got basically you're one of six or seven people fighting for that extra spot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And
1: I think going to a place where, where not a lot of attention is going to be paid to you, but also, you know, you have, they don't have a lot of other options either, man. I I just think it's an, it's going to be a, an opportunity for somebody to go in there and put up big numbers and everyone to look back. And we're all going to say, man, maybe, maybe that was a, you know, a steal? I don't know that it was a steal. I think it was circumstance.
2: I, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. Uh, Matt Miller said Lamar is a top ten quarterback. Also, yeah, PFF stated a while ago uh, with, uh, or, sorry, no quarterback with a cap hit over fourteen percent of the salary cap has ever won the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot on here. Yep. Um, Birdie Jackson's going to break the bank. Uh, he ain't selling for thirty. He'll break the bank. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll just see what happens. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Let's talk about that right quick. Trevor Lawrence is watching the draft from Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, Aside from last year, when is the last time that we had a number one draft pick that did not actually walk? I I don't remember. Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that either, but, but it doesn't surprise me.
2: Is it like, we know that Lawrence has already, he's already had the virus. Um, but I, I don't know that that necessarily matters. I think this is just—it's still going to be a weird year, right? No.
1: I just—I think some of these guys just don't care.
2: That's entirely possible. Yeah. So, Urban Meyer, I mean, by the way— I like
1: my my like, my absolute football hero is Joe Thomas. There, there was a world where Joe, Joe Thomas went number one. Joe Thomas was—Joe Thomas said, I'm not going to the draft. I'm going to go fishing with my dad. And literally, like, he didn't even have a draft party and sit in front of the TV— Joe, Joe Thomas was on a boat and got a cell phone call and like took it and celebrated on the boat. Yeah. And he he just wanted to go fishing with his dad. His dad taught him to love football and, and they loved fishing together and he wanted to take his dad to do something he loved on a big day for him. And he didn't really want it to be about him said a whole lot about Joe. And if you look through his entire career, that's everything you need to know about him is he, he doesn't care if anything's about him or not. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and whatever. So, I, I'm okay with this. It, I don't think that's, you know.
2: Yeah, in, in the NFL green room, especially this year, I would imagine, there's a very limited number of people that can be around you uh, in the in the NFL green room, like, in or NFL draft green room. So, if he's got a ton of people that he wants to be able to uh, celebrate that moment with, I don't blame him at all. Like, it, fiance, uh, his parents you know, uncles and whoever, his coach, Dabo, and whoever, like, all these different people. Like, I'm sure it's going to be a house full of people that he wants to be able to celebrate with. So, I don't I don't know that I
1: blame yeah.
2: him. And, I, that's,
1: and that's fine. I don't, you know, I, I let let these people do whatever the hell they want. If they want to go and they want to be the star and they want to be on there, awesome. Man, I don't knock that. I don't think that means you're a diva. I don't think that means anything negative or bad at all. I think it's awesome, and it's, it's fun. It's fine. If you want to be by yourself, be by yourself. If you want to be with your family, be with your family. Jesus, do whatever the hell makes you happy. Yeah, we've shown this don't year. Don't draft it like, once. Just whatever you do, think about what you want to do, and don't regret it. Yeah. Just do something you're good, that's going to make you happy because know that it doesn't get to happen twice.
2: Bertie said probably his massage therapist. <laughs> Just so ridiculous. Uh, Matt Miller wants to jump in with some jokes. Who wants to go to Cleveland? Uh, He said, just kidding, Cleveland's gotten much nicer someone
1: who goes to college now or south of there. so uh, Cleveland Cleveland has, I I know people who don't go to Cleveland or have never been to Cleveland just assume there's still the mistake by the lake. Cleveland is, downtown Cleveland is really nice. It really is nice. Uh, Nomad jumps in.
2: He said, question, so even in now, uh, even in now football, O-line is not as important as wide receivers. Uh, He wants to know our thoughts on that. He said, I think that at least you need to have your main guys back and he can in return make wide receivers. Uh, no, that's not. It, no. it used to be the case. That's not the so case they, anymore. That
1: used to be the case. Here's and let me let me tell you. And I'll tell you the the, the solution for that um, is is uh, offensive scheming that just short passes and RPOs. You, you don't have to have a great offensive line to run. If you can run a great off, RPO with a good running back and good skill players around you, it's a great way to slow the defense down. They can't pressure the way they want, which means your linemen have a huge advantage. It, it's there's all And then also the, all the short passes. You, you could not have an offensive line at all and just snap the ball and throw these quick slants that they're throwing or these quick little bubble screens where, where the wide receiver just doesn't even run around. He just turns and catches the football um, and then tries to beat somebody. There could be no people between you and the defender. They can't get there that fast. They, yeah. they just can't. Yeah. I'm, They've I'm been weak- taken out of the game because the athleticism of wide receivers, which is basically what pre- pro football focus has shown. Exactly.
2: All right. Moving on from there. We're going to move into college basketball a little bit, and then we'll, we'll jump off. We'll do some UFC, and then we're going to give our Elite Eight picks after that. But – Right. Chris, I, I talked about it on uh, this morning's podcast. Indiana basketball hired Mike Wooden as their new head coach, and they brought in Thad Mata as an associate hit or an associate uh, athletic director over basketball.
1: Yeah, which is he's, he's the basketball athletic director.
2: Yeah, basically, basically. Um, I am. I don't know what to make of this, right? Because I, my initial instinct was. This is an awful hire. It lets me know that Indiana has no idea what they're doing. This is a bad hire. However, I also thought that Herm Edwards was going to be a bad hire. He had zero college coaching experience. He went to Arizona State. The team's pretty good. The program is being run rather well. It was a different way of looking at things. Dad Mata knows what he's doing in college basketball. Mike Wooden has not coached. He was he had a really good year with the Knicks. They won what, 54 games with the net? And that's almost impossible to do nowadays. Uh, he, he was pretty good. I would say he was an average head coach in the NBA. But he has been around the NBA game for a long, long time. This is not a Jawan Howard situation. This is not somebody that played with LeBron James. This is not a, a guy that's 46 years old that can totally relate with these recruits. He's not somebody that had a son that was involved in AAU circles. None of that. It, this doesn't fit the same way. This isn't Penny Hardaway. It's not Patrick Ewing. It's not whatever. Um, it might be Patrick Ewing, uh, but it, it might end up being really successful because Dad Mata is going to help oversee a lot of this. I don't know what to make of it. That there's a part of me. Obviously, we are on a, a we do a talk show. We do a sports talk show, so people love to hear our opinions on it. But I don't know that I have an opinion. I, I think I think it could work, but my initial instinct. Uh, reaction to it is it's
1: probably not going to work. Do you feel the same way? No. Well, so what you're trying to do right now is judge a half-baked cake. Like, like it's been in the oven for 15 minutes and it's still got about 17 more minutes to roll. And you're trying to decide, is it good or not yet? Well, we don't know. I mean, if he goes out and he hires two of the best, you know, recruiters and and, and assistant coaches in in all of college basketball and, and really blows some hair back with those those hires, then then this is a hell of a hire. I think he knows basketball. I think he knows how the the X's and O's of basketball. I think I think he could coach kids just as well as he coached grown men. I don't think that's a problem at all. I do think he's going to need somebody to come in and help recruit. If that's Thad Mata's job, then fine. I don't I don't really know why you have a special AD for basketball without that being basically their only job. Um, you know, so so there's a, there's a lot more I. I need to see some guys that are gonna end up on the bench with him before I say it's a bad hire. But I, I actually think it could be a fine hire. I don't I don't like the process. Okay. I I find the process incredibly flawed, and though it might have landed them a good hire. All right. This is this is the Mississippi State coaching staff all over again for 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 football, right? They, they offered three guys the job, interviewed and offered three guys a job that I didn't think were good coaches, yes. that I didn't like at all. Thankfully, all those people turned them down. And then, after offering three people that I didn't think were as qualified, they offered Mike Leach a job, who I think is the most qualified person for the job, and he said yes. They, they, they asked backwards their way into a great coach. I don't like that, and you brought this up on your show. This is something you and I have talked about openly before. If you want to be a big boy, now if you want to be a small school guy, okay, if you want to be an old miss, you can follow the old miss coaching model and you can continuously coach, you know, hire somebody to that's a part of the network. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The the good old boy way of doing it, somebody who's an old miss man. Like you can do that. If you want to be Michigan, if you and, and play on the national level in football, if if you want to be Alabama before they found Nick Saban, like you have to stop with this, we had a legend here at one point in time, and now everybody that comes behind them has to have had some connection to that person. That has to stop. It just has to stop.
2: Yeah. The idea should be— Do you want to
1: be great or not? Yeah, hire the best
2: best guy for the job. I understand that they have not been very successful or or not to the level of success that they want with non-Indiana guys. I get the the allure of bringing home somebody that understands how things work in Bloomington. I don't think that's the best way to go about it. You just—you hire the next best guy until it
1: works. If Mike Woodson's the best coach that you interviewed and you hired— and that's who your choice is. I'm great with that. I'm okay with that. You make your choice. You're gonna your success and failure is going to ride on it. So make the out. But if you didn't interview a bunch of people because they didn't have connections to the school and they didn't have connections to Bobby Knight, did I have a problem with that? And it doesn't matter if Mike Woodson rolls off four national titles. Like that, it's that's irrelevant. You got lucky. Your process is flawed, and at some point in time, your luck will run out. And if you can't trust your process, then everything else you're doing is just a smokescreen. It's yes. just all—it's uh, all smoke and mirrors, all propped up by facade.
2: Yes, this is it, it. It was heavily influenced by boosters, uh, from my understanding, and you know that's—that's that's one way to get yourself in a lot of trouble. And not yeah. that they hadn't been in trouble anyway, because obviously the Archie Miller hire everybody assumed was going to be a home run, and it wasn't. Okay. So or what? Didn't yeah, work out. Is what it is with that. Uh, a, Matt Miller said, "Do you think Beard leaves Texas Tech for Texas?" Uh, I think it's interesting that he has been quiet. Uh, yes, I do think that he takes that Texas job. I now, if he doesn't, you has know, has he
1: interviewed for it? Has Texas called him?
2: I Texas is keeping everything insanely okay. quiet. So, uh, so
1: that's a very. I'll tell you this. I think that's a good move by Texas. If they do that, that's a very un-Texas-like thing because you know they're very big on we don't – Bragging. They don't hire within their own conference. They don't hire – like, no, no, that guy's – no, 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 no. We are Texas. We don't take the leftovers from our other – you know, from from the little ones. Okay? Yeah. We, we don't do that. They have been very big on that in football and in basketball.
2: Well, I think when – when you look at what Beard has done, and the fact that Beard is a Texas, something
1: he's not qualified. I think it's a great move. Oh yeah, and maybe it'll be a sign of Texas growing up. Well, it possibly.
2: I think the the way that they can get around that is well, he was just going down there, you know, in the meantime until we had an opening, right? Maybe, maybe that's it. Uh, Matt Miller said the new AD is great. Look at the women's uh, basketball coach, uh, Chris Del Conte is. I mean, he's okay. Uh, the AD, uh, I'd
1: be real careful about calling Cristo Conte great.
2: That's, yeah, I don't know that he's great. Uh, the women's basketball team it is looking really good. They upset Maryland in uh, in their tournament, and are I moving think, on I to think the Lear. new head
1: football coach is exactly the same as the old head football coach, but he just costs you a lot more, and and he makes the booster happy.
2: So that's I think that's about it. But uh, but yeah, the beard thing. I mean, he's an alum at Texas, and that's the way that they're going to sell this: is oh, we brought him back home. You know, it, it it's not quite the same. See, him as, being an
1: alum, I guess, gives you gives you the the the, the pass yeah. for saying he's a Texas guy to begin with. But that's that's fine.
2: Yep. That's now, fine. It, it, the crazy, the part where he may not do it is his kids are in school at Texas Tech, but they can transfer, like, <laughs> and if it or they can stay down there, or it's, they can it's just not, stay there. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, he'll make enough money to to buy his own private jet to fly them back and forth. Like it it'll be fine. He's gonna make an absolute killing by taking the Texas job. And I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to take it. So, uh, moving on. That's a good on. hire by Texas, by the way. Oh, yeah. If, if that hire comes to fruition, that is a fantastic hire. Uh, I don't know that I, I – mean, he's who I would have taken if I was Indiana. Like, if you could get him. But, either way.
1: Well, yeah. I would have I, – I wish – I wish we knew who these other schools had interviewed. Like, did they even call Baylor? Did they even – like, did they even – did they even reach out to some of these other guys? I know they're still in the tournament, but their agents have to be talking. To say hey, and and it just get shut down? Possibly. Um, I need to know that you did your due diligence before you handed Mike Whitson the job.
2: Yeah, I would like to know that as That's
1: well. That's all I want. I just want to know that you interviewed five people. You had a list. You went through your process, and Mike Whitson's the best person that came out of it. That's all I need to know. The only and I'm okay with that hire. The only ones if it's that it is publicly then I, then you've got a flawed process.
2: The only coaches that it publicly has come out that they reached out to were Chris Holtman at Ohio State and Brad Stevens with the Celtics. That was yep. it. Those I, were knew the that, only I knew
1: about that. I knew about that.
2: So if it if it went to that and then those names got out there and then they realized hey this isn't this didn't all that uh, private anymore. And then just decided, you know what, we're gonna give Woodson the job and we're gonna make it look like he was our first choice. Like yep. you know, then I I still think it's a flawed, flawed way of looking at it. Um, moving on from there, let's talk UFC for just a minute. I am curious your opinion on this. And that would be Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor three. Looks like it is set up for July 10th, UFC 264. Is this a fight that you want to watch again?
1: I mean, yes, because I, I'm going to watch every Conor fight from now on until I either don't have the money to get the fights or I'm not here anymore or Conor's not fighting anymore. I don't know which one of those will come first, but, you know.
2: If McGregor loses this fight, is it his last UFC fight?
1: Uh, probably not. He's still a showman. I think he is, too.
2: I think I think it takes a lot of the shine off. Because right now, you can say, ah, look, he was winning that fight against Dustin in the first one, and he got caught. Like, they, they have done a very good job of explaining away what happened in that first one. This is the, the problem one.
1: with him, though. He does this. This is a him thing. He gets caught a lot because he dicks around with people. Yes, yes. We watched that fight together, and I told you he 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 landed a couple of good hits, and then he backs off of him and he does this little strut. And I'm thinking, follow up, yes, follow up. It it, and it drove he never me nuts. Did. No, it, it so the uh,
2: his his trainer his coach uh, John Kavanaugh said that he got a little too. What what was the word? Um, he was obsessed with the boxing aspect of it. And God. and if that is the case, then I can understand. You hit him, and then you back up or, or whatever, because you, you land a couple of combos, and it's all about scoring, really. This is a different game. Like, you got to get off the boxing thing. If you're in the UFC, you better go for the kill every time. And And I'll be curious to see if he changes it up for the fight in July, if it happens. Uh, another another little bit of news that we have not gotten to talk about yet. Usman and Masvidal, uh, UFC 262, that's on April 24th. And that thing sold out in Jackson. It's the first full uh, capacity sports event, I believe, in the United States. Sold out 15,000 seats in like an hour. I mean, it took no time. Completely. And, and so I, you might be right about taking the overs on everything as far as capacity goes. Everything. Like, every, everybody's wanting to get out. Like, everybody everything. wants to go out. So, uh, Matt Miller said, "Did they call Patino talking about Indiana?" Uh, probably not. Probably not. So,
1: so I, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna address that. I saw that comment. I want to say this. This, this might come back to bite me. Okay. This is a person who is a habitual liar. Like, doesn't know how to tell the truth. I think I believe him when I when he says he's gonna stay at Iona. Until I think he's
2: done. I, I think so too. I mean, he's, look, he's I mean, almost 70 years I, old.
1: I don't. I think he's done everything you could possibly want in the world of college basketball. Why not just go somewhere that makes you happy? And he's making plenty of money anyway. And no, he he's living in a part the of the world. He's got, he's got plenty yeah, of money. It, that's what but I'm saying. It, now, now he gets to really do, and guess what he doesn't have to do? He doesn't have to recruit.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have to deal with the limelight. He doesn't have to do any. Of doesn't that mess. have to. He and doesn't.
1: He doesn't have nine radio shows a day. He doesn't have. He doesn't have TV calls. He doesn't have to go kiss eighteen-year-old and seventeen-year-old, sixteen hell in college basketball. You start kissing that ass at fourteen. Like he didn't have to do any of that at all. I'm here. I'm sitting on my throne. If you want to come play for me, come play for me.
2: He uh, and he's getting to live up in New Rochelle, New York. Like yeah, that's it, where you're right. Yeah, out,
1: no, it's, he, he, he's home. Yeah, he's he's
2: at home up there, so I th- I think it's perfect. I think it's absolutely. I, perfect. I know,
1: I know that that might come back to bite me in the ass in two years when he, you know, takes a big boy job somewhere. But I I just feel like I think he's telling the truth. I think he is too. I think he is too. Uh,
2: the Usman massive all thing that was uh that was massive. Uh, UFC. Did you watch UFC two sixty the other night or at least no. see the knockout from uh, Ngannou?
1: Well, I watched the yeah, I saw it on Twitter.
2: Boy, that was a whooping. Oh Lord, that was a whooping. Uh, and now it looks like they're they're trying to get Bones Jones put together. Uh, man, if I'm Bones Jones, like, I don't care how much weight you have put on, man. You have been fighting at 205, and Nganu is a 265-pound monster. Like, I would not want to fight him if I was Bones Jones. There is no way. I don't know what Nganu does at this point because he's, he's knocked out everybody. Now... Like if now, if they want to bring Steepe in again for round three, uh because Stepe beat him the first time.
0: But yeah. Stipe I mean, could looked, have
2: a rubber match. Stepe looked like a shell of himself, though, man. Like, I just I don't I don't know what to make of it. I don't I don't know what they do next. I have no idea. But I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, Ingani was awesome. Um let's see, Matt Miller said won't matter. Jones will be roided up. I think that's what everybody thinks about Bones Jones now. But I will say this, he behind Maybe not even behind Masvidal, uh, but right behind McGregor, he is the second biggest draw in UFC. Like people tune in to watch Bones Jones, man. Like he's he's in fight. to figure fighter. a way out.
1: That, that this is a marketing problem, though, right? Very much so. Like to get a draw is all about branding. Yeah, like, Sean O'Malley's doing a fantastic job of it. Then, then that's this is this is on this is on Dana in the UFC. You you you've got to you've got to figure that thing out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just with you. market more guys, market better guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think uh, I think you're right. I think that is the smart way of going about it. Uh, UFC, you know, we're we're getting into the summer. We should have some pretty big fights uh, going on, and I'm I'm pumped about it. So having How having, quick did having it sell out. Wait, uh, sell sold out within like an hour. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm telling you that is the way it goes.
1: It's all, it's all, it's all, take the overs on every attendance thing. Whatever you're allowed, everyone will hit their allowable numbers. Everyone.
2: Um, Let's talk about, here we go. Um, Let's talk about the Elite Eight. Let's go on and give our picks for the Elite Eight. And we'll start off with the first game this afternoon. And that would be Oregon State and Houston. Houston is a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, The tweet, by the way. Uh, in the last six years, elite eight underdogs are sixteen and seven against the spread, with thirteen outright wins. There have been thirty-one elite eight dogs of at least seven points. They are eighteen and thirteen against the spread, with five outright wins. Uh, the last one was Oregon over Kansas in two thousand seventeen.
1: Uh, well, they're all over seven now.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean this is this is big. None of them are double digits, um, but they are all over seven. So. Pretty big numbers. Pretty big numbers. Um, Let's see. Birdie said, Jones is all over Twitter today asking to be released. This would be a bad business decision for Jones. Um, I'm going to guess that the UFC is not giving him the money that he wants. And I I don't know that I blame him. But, uh, I mean, they're probably going to tie it to pay-per-view numbers, and he probably just wants guarantees. So, either way. um, So, Houston, 7.5. Total is 129.5. Dude, I I think we're going to see a lot of chalk. Like, I, I, I really... Like, maybe... Maybe two and two. I think all chalk wins. I'm going all one seeds uh, to get to the Final Four and Houston the two seed. Like, I think I think the Final Four is going to be super chalky. Like, and maybe maybe I'm nuts for that. But I think there was a clear divide between the best teams in the country and everybody else. I think everybody else was just in this big pool. And Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga, and, and Houston maybe could get caught. But, like, I, I still don't think Oregon State is that good. Like and, so, so
1: stick with who do you think it, the best opponent is? The best opponent? Okay, so you, you, all the favorites you like to win. Who are the other four teams? Who's the best? USC, it, but they're playing Clips, the best team. You think but who? they're playing the best team? Yeah, I think if USC was playing any of the rest, I'd have them win then.
2: Yeah, I I will. So I'll tell you this: I'm going to take Houston minus seven and a half. Uh, looking at shot quality and a few other things. Uh, from Ken Palm and whatever else, the odds of them winning the last three games in the NCAA tournament, all of them, was less than 1%. Like, to, to have a three-game winning streak with the quality of shots that they took compared to the quality of shots that the other teams took, yeah. and the shots just didn't fall. I mean, it was all three-point luck. Now, Oregon State started out super hot. The six-game winning streak that they are on started out uh, 10 Three-point shots made, ten three-point shots made, nine three-point shots made, and ten three-point shots made. And then in the last two games against uh, Oklahoma State, they made six, and Oklahoma State just could not hit anything. And five. They hit five three-pointers against Loyola, and we saw what Loyola did offensively. They were just putrid. But it wasn't a defensive thing. They just missed open looks. I I think Houston kind of drubs these guys. I think Houston is the toughest team that they have played this far. Um, I'm going... I'm going Houston to cover the seven and a
1: half this afternoon. You, yeah, you agree? I, like the, I mean same way. I don't. I, I, Oregon State's been a nice story. They've been a fantastic story. I think it ends tonight. I think so as well. Uh, you touched on that total. No, hey, yeah. I do have a, a completely different question, but about Oregon State. Okay, so Jeff Schwartz was a professional football player. Jeff yep. Schwartz. Uh, I listened to him on on another podcast. He he went to the University of Oregon. Yes, and they were picking their brackets and doing all this stuff, and he was rooting hard for all the Pac-12 guys. And okay, they yeah, gave he, him a little bit of leverage there. He, he hosts then, a Pac-12 show on the Saturday well,
2: uh, Yeah,
1: <laughs> but what about Oregon State? Because that's your rival. See, wanting the conference, like I root for the SEC, but I'll never root for Alabama. Okay, so what about your rival? Because it's different than conference. And he says. Oregon State's not a rival to Oregon. We're not, not rivals. This is this is uh you can be a White Sox fan and a Cubs fan. This is we have two teams in one state, and and you know, most people there love them both. Is he full of shit? This is college sports.
2: No, no, he's he's not. I will say this uh Oregon State fans hate Oregon. Oregon has beaten Oregon State so many times that they don't look at them as a rival. Like, that's all that is. Like, it's, I, I know that it's crazy to think about it, but Oregon has always had more money. They are the state school. Like, it's it's not like Oregon has two state schools. It is, Oregon State is, they have always been the smaller school. Uh, Matt Miller said that sounds like a loser. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not a loser. It's somebody that is so used to beating Oregon State that so he Oregon even,
1: State beat Oregon this year. It didn't. Yes, it didn't move the needle. Um, I
2: mean, they did beat them in the uh, in the conference championship uh, or conference tournament, but no, it didn't really move the needle for Oregon fans. It was just, all right. Well, when does the NCAA tournament start?
1: What about what about in football when they beat them this year in football?
2: I I still don't think it
1: really like they got under their ass at all. I mean, it it may have gotten under their ass that they lost. I just game. I just think that's insane. I think that's insane. There's a. Their rivalry game was the Civil War. Yeah. Like, we we
2: like to think of it like, like that, I'm sure. I was
1: always taught that that was a heated rivalry, like a hated rivalry. That's just a small area that didn't really care about college football as much, so it's not as big as the Iron Bowl or the Egg Bowl. Like, okay, the Iron Bowl's big because you got two massive teams. Michigan-Ohio State's big because you got two massive teams. Everybody in the country knows about the Egg Bowl, these two little-ass teams in Mississippi. They because hate they other. hate each other. But, uh, but the
2: truth is that they ah. they can beat each other regularly. Like, it's not like Ole Miss is is winning 9 out of 10, right? So, okay. like, I think that's okay. uh, that's just my guess on it. Um, You know, it's kind of the same way that you say Alabama-Tennessee is not a rivalry in football anymore. Like, yes. once you've beaten somebody 15 times in a row, it's like...
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, but that's because that's just not a rivalry. Like the only thing that ever made that a rivalry was you were both good for for a period of time in the eighties.
2: Well, it, yeah. I mean, earlier than that, it, it's been a rivalry for. I mean, back in the forties,
1: fifties, sixties, whatever. Um, uh, I, we're gonna dis- we're gonna disagree there, but that's fine. They always played, but it didn't matter. Anything that happened in the forties, fifties, and sixties didn't matter. So
2: Well, I mean, but it, it was it was Neyland and, and Bear, and those were the two, and, and, you know, not that they played against each other a ton, but, like, two legendary coaches going after it, and as those teams' uh, fans grew older and whatnot, those are the ones that kept that hate alive, right? Now, you've got a whole generation of people at Alabama that have no idea what it's like to lose to Tennessee. And you, for a while, in the 90s, you had a whole generation of fans that grew up Tennessee fans that had no idea what it was like to lose to Alabama. So, you know, it is is what it is. Uh, Matt Miller said, Cuomo with the Mets and Yanks hat mixed together. What about Michigan and Ohio State rivalry? It's always been one-sided one way. Uh, it has been for, I mean, the last decade and a half. So, but Ohio State fans still hate Michigan. But I think that's the old heads talking. Like, and then if they teach the hate, then okay. But I, I think some parts of the country, I will say this, like, I think the Pac-12 just doesn't care as much. Like, and I hope that they don't take offense to that,
1: but they, they just college football is. I what found it, is. it very disappointing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I found it. I found it very disappointing. And this is a guy that I like to listen to, and I kind of mentally now I just can't take him serious anymore.
2: If uh, if they had asked that, he doesn't love
1: it the way I love. I know he did it for a living. Okay, I know he sacrificed his body in years of his life for it. But he doesn't love it the way I love it because if he did he wouldn't be able to say those things.
2: If they had asked him about USC or maybe even Stanford, I think it would have been No, a they answer. did
1: ask him about USC. They did ask him about UCLA.
2: Oh, he said that they have no rivals?
1: No. Okay, no. that's a little
2: different. That's a, maybe 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 he's nuts. Maybe he's nuts. I might I go like with that. Him.
1: I like listening to him and I, now I funny, got man. this thing in my head where I can't I can't unhear what I heard. This is like, don't don't meet your heroes. <laughs> I liked him, and now it's not that I don't like him anymore, but I I'm confused and I don't understand it. I could okay, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. That anyway, that part I didn't I catch like that you. part. All that to say, Houston Houston, Houston minus, minus seven, seven and a half.
2: half. Yeah, rolling with that one. Uh, Baylor or Arkansas against Baylor uh, late game tonight. Baylor a seven and a half point favorite. Um, Matt Miller, that is the West Coast hippie losers that love everyone. <laughs> Um, I, so I, I think Baylor, I believe. They don't
1: it, love everyone. Put a T sticker in your yard and see what happens. Yep. You get that right. Uh, I,
2: I would, I would normally go Baylor here. I think Arkansas can create enough chaos that they will be able to hang in this game. They are, uh, as far as defensive efficiency goes, they are way, way, way up there. Arkansas has done a fantastic job of shutting teams down when they have to. I think that this is another one of those games that will go down kind of to the wire. I think Baylor is the significantly better team. I think Arkansas mm, can dude. keep this within seven and a half,
1: though. I'm I'm betting. So I saw eight before we started, but either either way, it doesn't matter. I'll take Arkansas, take the points, and hope for a hope for an upset, hope for a win. I can understand it. Uh, we'll move on. I to – I like this Arkansas team a lot. I like them a whole lot. I think they're really good. I think they're really athletic. Yeah. And and Baylor's been playing amazing, though. Just unbelievable.
2: I don't think that you'll get another Moses Moody 4 of 20
1: from the field game. I, I will tell you this. Outside of Oregon State, all eight of these teams are incredible right now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
2: I agree. Uh, moving on to the Tuesday games, um, because we won't have another podcast up between now and then, but... Um, But let's talk about USC and Gonzaga right quick. That is the early game. A lot of people confused at the TV networks and whatnot. Here's here's the bottom line. That late window is the best window, and UCLA is a big, big brand. Like, we think it's crazy to have late games like that, but the numbers have shown over and over and over again. uh, People are going to stay up to watch the games.
1: Oh, I I think UCLA-Michigan is the best matchup out of all of these. That's that's what I'm
2: saying. Like, UCLA, that's not
1: Arkansas Baylor. Arkansas Baylor is just not going to get that kind of credit. No, but
2: that's that's what I'm saying. UCLA Michigan is think, the late. I game. I think
1: they picked the best game. Yeah, I, they, don't even, I don't even know that this was a UCLA brand situation. I that might have played into it. Yeah, but, I think the brand is the. But biggest I also part think they got the best game too. Agreed. Agreed. Agree. Am I wrong?
2: No. Maybe. Okay. No. I don't. Well, I think USC Gonzaga has the the potential to be. Absolutely on well, I do fire. Oh, like no. I, I think I, USC and is going to be off. Awesome.
1: I do, too, but it's also the biggest spread as well. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a worse game. Agreed. You're trying to you're, what we think and what the general public thinks are different. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I, that's that's what I was
2: getting to. Is UCLA Michigan? Anybody that thought that that should have been the 6:15 game? uh, that would not have made sense from a brand that. perspective. Did anybody, like, Yeah, you Twitter, hear Twitter was yeah UCLA fans oh, and get off Twitter. Like, it, a, a lot of people were very I get on upset. Twitter. I make fun of people when I get out. Yeah, Michigan fans were definitely upset because this game is not going to tip until like nine fifty seven p.m. Eastern time. Like it, it'll be. Like after they are Midnight. the only
1: team that's east of the Mississippi.
2: Yeah, so I think that's why they were a little irritated. But from a brand perspective, it makes perfect sense. No, you yeah.
1: want you want this time slot. You want this time slot.
2: Yep. All right, so, so sticking to that first game, USC and Gonzaga, the line is nine, um, and it, the total is 153 and I would go under the 153 and I think we're going to see a lot of defense in this game. Drew Timmy has been pretty unstoppable in this tournament. Um, I I think that he's going to have some major problems with Evan Mobley. Uh, the Mobley brothers have been playing insane. Isaiah Wright had a big game last game. Um, you know, Taj Edie, like, he's on his third team now, like, I think that this is going to be a tighter game than nine. Now, I will say this. Gonzaga has won 28 of their 29 games, or 29 out of 30, or whatever it is. Uh, They have won all of these games except for one by double digits. Now, do you know who the one team is that kept them in single digits? No. That would be West Virginia. Bob Huggins, earlier this year. So... Kept it to single digits with them, but other than that, they have whipped everybody else by double digits. Um, but I don't think they're going to do double digits in this one. I think this will be one of the closest games left. Uh, outside of Baylor and Houston, uh, USC is up to number six in Ken Palm. They are the fourth-rated team out of these eight. And, and I think it's going to be a tight game, man. I think USC is really talented. They have got dudes that can match up with Gonzaga. And that was the biggest issue for Creighton. Creighton didn't have those dudes. USC got them dudes, man. Like I, I don't know that they're going to win the game. I don't think that they will. I think Gonzaga wins, but I think USC keeps it close.
1: Well, I got USC. I got the points. I'll have a little sprinkled on the money line on this one as well. All these dogs, I'm going to have something on the money line. I, so, I don't it. think it'll happen, but but I'm I want I want to make sure I'm holding a ticket if they do because I think I'm going to get really good odds. I hadn't looked at the money line yet um, for it, but listen, this this defense is legit. Okay, yes, they are. Legit, and there's nothing Gonzaga can do defensively to take away the Mosley brothers. There's just not. They don't have the size inside to take that away. Yeah, like Gonzaga's big. Now, doesn't Gonzaga is that doesn't mean Gonzaga can't win the game. But I'm just telling you, this should not be a double-digit game. This should be a closer game. USC plays great defense. I think they're going to bring the scoring down, and there's nothing Gonzaga can do to, to stop USC from scoring.
2: I, I think I might agree with that. I think I might agree with it. All right. And finally, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about UCLA in Michigan. That is the last game. Michigan a seven point favorite. 136 and a half is the total. Uh, again, not touching the total. Uh, I don't I don't like it. I don't like where the number sits. You know, I was hoping maybe if it was in the 140s, I would take that thing down. Um, but I think even at 136, I might look at like maybe I'll look at the under. I'm probably I'm still probably not going to touch it. Uh, but the way that Mick Cronin likes to play. Man, they, they like to walk the ball up the floor. They are tough, dude. And they, as far as recruiting rankings go, they're right there with Michigan, man. They have got yeah. some dudes. Um, you know, Cronin has always been a really good coach. He just hadn't, he hadn't been able to get out of that first weekend in forever. I mean, it's been a decade since he got to uh, to the Sweet 16. He's never been in the Elite Eight, but neither has Juwan Howard. So, yeah. coaching-wise, I mean, we're kind of looking at, at, at new blood here. And I'm... I think UCLA can hang in this game. I think I'm looking at a game that would be, you know, in the 50s or 60s. And so, wait a
1: minute. Before this thing started, you said you're taking all chalk. You're going to do exactly like I do. You're going to take three dogs.
2: I'm going to take dogs, but I think all the chalk is going to win. Like, I okay. think the chalk is going right. to win. Like, well, literally,
1: I, before we started, you were like, all chalk, all chalk, all chalk. And now yeah, you're taking three dogs.
2: All, all chalk as far as actually getting to the next round. I don't think these dogs are going to win. I don't think they'll win. Because this game, UCLA-Michigan, I think, will be uh, about the same kind of score as Alabama and UCLA was before the overtime period. Like, that was tied at 65. Um, I, I think it's going to be somewhere around there. Like, I could see Michigan winning this thing, you know, 66-61, somewhere around there. And, and I think that Michigan is going to move on, but I do think that UCLA plays a style that will, uh, that will keep this within two possessions.
1: What do you think? Uh, I think this game is going to be close. I think UCLA has a chance to win the game.
2: Okay. Okay. I can get down with it. So, Sebastian Cornwell wants to know if we have any NBA picks. Is anybody no. watching the NBA right now?
1: It's no. <laughs> call me when the Celtics start winning again. Well, I guess they won two in a row, but. They had not been very good lately. I will say that. They have been very good. The Grizzlies are fun, but they're not very good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that's about it. Utah is uh, maybe the best team. And in my in
1: and in my, in my Mavs team is kind of
2: kind of eh, right? All right? you ready? To get out of here. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. Go to WinningCuresEverything com. We would certainly appreciate that. Uh, everything that you need to know about subscribing, following, whatever is going to be over on the website. And we got some other stuff up there. Our husbands versus wives bracket challenge is up there. Uh, you can, you can see the updates on what we are looking like right now. Uh, not, not great. I will have an update in the morning after tonight's games. And, uh, and then another one on Wednesday after those games as well. Uh, my, my wife is, is currently, uh, tied with me. So Chris, you and Amy, uh, didn't do well this year, but that's okay. Uh, cause you were still on my team and we're doing all right. So it looks like the husbands would probably win, but, but my wife is, is, Likely going to run away with this thing, but we'll see. We'll see how this thing goes. Ask me how much I care. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Sebastian said, I have a Oregon State plus eight and Baylor money line. Uh, That Baylor money line does not pay out well. Does not pay out well. So, either way, go to winningcureseverything.com. Go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Make sure you are subscribed over on YouTube, SBR Picks. Search that thing out. And make sure that you subscribe to us. Like the video. All that good stuff. We are going to get out of here. So, with that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other, and hopefully, all of your tickets cash. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures at Gary WCE or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.